Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, May 17th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the situation in Israel is worsening and Washington is weighing in. Number two, where Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy stand. And number three, Elise Stefanik is posting a big fundraising transfer to the House Republican political arm, while Democrats are doubling down on supporting Democrats who backed the American Rescue Plan. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story of the day, the situation in Israel and Washington's reaction to it. We heard a lot over the weekend. We did. And, um, you know, this is not a necessarily we don't really do foreign policy uh, and national security as much as some other places, but this is starting to seep onto the hill. So let's just take a step back. The um, uh, efforts at a ceasefire here between uh, Israel and Hamas, Hamas and the Gaza Strip um, have failed. And um, the United States does have an envoy that it, that has been sent to the region. Uh, a State Department envoy that has been sent to the region to try to broker calm that's not worked. And I guess what 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 is important for us and important for um, our coverage area, what we focus on is that, um, you know, Congress is starting to weigh in. I mean, this is becoming an issue on Capitol Hill. Number one, John Ossoff, Democrat of Georgia, freshman senator, um, called for a ceasefire along with 29, I believe, Senate Democrats. Big deal. Um, that's a big. That's a big letter. Uh, you don't. You, you don't always get letters of that size. And Chris Murphy and Todd Young, the top Democrat and Republican on the international or the Middle East, rather subcommittee on foreign affairs, have also um, uh, released a statement calling for a ceasefire. So um, a lot of action. I think you're also seeing that um, this is cleaving the Democratic Party in two a little bit. The um, uh, there's been a number of progressive Democrats on the on the House floor taking Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, to task. So, uh, just a lot of action at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing to watch is going to be as members come back to what do Republicans do? They've been in lockstep behind Netanyahu. Um, does that continue to be the case? Is there any ability for the U.S. to play a more um, prominent role. Certainly there's been some criticism of where Joe Biden has been and his administration, if they've been acting uh, aggressively enough uh, to denounce some things like a building uh, that housed the AP and Al Jazeera getting leveled uh, and freedom of the press issues and making sure that there's an ability to really get an accurate accounting of what's happening on the ground. So something we're going to be paying a lot of attention to. Uh, let's move on to the number two story of the day, uh, where we are taking stock, as we often do, of the top four leaders. Today, we're focused on the House. Tomorrow, uh, come back and listen to what we have to say in terms of analysis of the Senate. But where Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy stand, I'll let you take tee up McCarthy and I'll take up Pelosi. Yeah, so uh, Kevin McCarthy is, uh, I mean, everything we, when you talk about Kevin McCarthy, you have to talk about, um, you have to talk about Trump. I mean, so what we, the point we make is if you, if you are grading McCarthy based on how the media sees him, he'd get an F. The national press wants McCarthy to just completely ditch Trump. Never going to happen. Uh, you know, McCarthy has resuscitated, revitalized, and rehabilitated Trump. Um, the three R's. To, <laughs> yeah, three R's by going down to Mar-a-Lago in January, just a couple weeks after the um, the January 6th attack. Um, 
But listen, McCarthy has raised big money. He has a plan to win back the majority. He um, is focused on, to the extent he can, he's focused on Pelosi uh, and the House Democrats and trying to win back the majority. Going to be a difficult week. This is going to be a tough week for McCarthy for two reasons. Number one, the security spending bill to harden the security at the Capitals and the floor. No reason he should oppose it, but I imagine a lot of Republicans will oppose it just because they oppose. That's what the minority does. Number two, the commission, the, the January 6th commission, uh, you know, um, he's, he's not said he's for it or against it, but, um, he should have something to say about it soon, but you know a bunch of his members are now saying he's going to be subpoenaed as part of the part of the commission. So you know, can you vote for or support a bill that that uh, uh, that is going to eventually subpoena you? I don't know. That's something that he'll have to figure out. Going to be some interesting dynamics to watch on the Republican side for sure. On the Democratic side, you know, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, someone we have covered our entire time uh, covering Congress. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to forget just how simply effective she is because she has done this job for so long, long. You know, you can criticize Pelosi and her policy positions, and that's totally fair game, but you just cannot underestimate her clout and her ability to pull together a very uh, diverse caucus with a lot of different uh, political instincts and political um, bases. It's it's pretty amazing to watch. I think the thing that I'm, you know, kind of focused on this week obviously is to your point what happens with this bipartisan commission uh you know does the deal with John Katko the republican from New York end up moving forward if it does that's a huge huge victory for Pelosi she has been pushing and steering in just a classic Pelosi way congress to create a bipartisan commission and despite all of the objections and the kind of you know different issues with it she it will be clearly a win for her um, because she's just been pushing this for months. Obviously, on the Democratic fundraising side, she continues to just, you know, crush all of the the Democratic Party and her ability to bring in fundraising dollars. I think the question is going to be, though, you know, for Pelosi, what happens with all these retirements? What happens with the map? I mean, Democrats are clearly expected to lose the House in 2022. And so how does she kind of thread the needle for what I think most people expect to be her last term, although she hasn't said it. But how will she go out, go out on a on a high note, Jake? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I, I Pelosi, ha- by the way, um, she has her own challenges, right? I mean, th- it's it's hard to it. You know, sometimes her effectiveness. Uh, over overshadows that but she has her own challenges with some of some of which you spoke about and also just the um the israel situation is going to be a big challenge for her all right let's move on to the number three story of the day i'm smushing two items that were in punchable news am because i thought they were both really important for us to talk about first quickly elise stefanik and what she's doing on the fundraising front because it's going to be one of the key metrics she is going to be judged on and then number two we've got an outside dem group dropping 1.2 million dollars to boost the american rescue plan what is happening with stefanik yeah, so she has donated, um, transferred $1 million to the NRCC. That's a big deal. She's a big fundraiser, frankly, and she, uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with Trump and her her prominence during the uh, during the impeachment. She's raised millions of dollars in, in several quarters. 
in, in several individual quarters. And um, listen, tr- transferring a million dollars to the NRCC this early is a sign to show uh, she's trying to show that she's going to be part of the team. She's going to try to win back the majority and she's a, a player to be reckoned with on the fundraising front. That's number one. And um, number two, frankly, you know, she's you know, if you look at what Liz Cheney did last quarter, she transferred two million to the NRCC. And so, you know, uh, she's Stefanik is basically, you know, halfway there in one day, which is a pretty good, a pretty good uh, uh, metric. Certainly a show of strength early on and something to watch because as you and I both have covered Congress for a long time, the ability to raise money and also help out your colleagues is one of the kind of early chits that leadership teams, you know, really need in order to stay in position. All right. The other part of this this uh, number three story is this Democratic group and they, uh, you know, the House majority forward and they're dropping $1.2 million on ads just to thinking lawmakers for voting for the American Rescue Plan. It's a strategic decision, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember and you remember too, Anna, in 2000 and whatever year that was, 2009, 2010, Democrats probably didn't brag enough about the stimulus, which they thought was unfairly maligned by Republicans. That's a whole other podcast episode we don't have to get into. But, but um, you know, House Majority Ford, big Dem outside group dropping a bunch of money, second round of a million plus dollars in ads uh, on, uh, you know, thanking Democrats for for voting for this thing and and bragging about its benefits. These are all going to vulnerable Democrats. So that's a big deal. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.